The M1 MacBook Pro is currently the most powerful portable Apple Silicon with performance and battery life that just clowns the same low power Intel version from the same year, but also stuck with that exact same design. That's why a lot of people consider it more of a MacBook Air Pro, and I've been reviewing it since it first came out. So I'm here to tell you whether you should get it now or wait for the MacBook Pro Pro versions that are coming up next. And I'll be doing this for every single Apple product coming this year. So hit the subscribe button and bell so you'll know how best to save and spend your hard-earned cash in 2021. The M1 MacBook Pro that Apple released late last year is the entry-level MacBook Pro. And I don't just mean by price point, but also literally the entry-level MacBook Pro. Apple opened it up, ripped out the Intel, slammed in the M1, closed it up, and called it a day, at least when it comes to design, which is totally fine as new silicon launch platforms go, because it keeps everything else nice and stable and lets everyone else just focus on launching that new silicon. And since it's barely any bigger than the MacBook Air and still somehow paradoxically thinner at its thickest point, it remains the best design for anyone who wants maximum performance for an ultra portable, at least for now because what's rumored to be coming next is that long anticipated redesign, specifically something that keeps the flat edges, but also flattens out the currently curvy top and bottom. What that'll mean in terms of external ergonomics, like when you try to pick it up, and internal capacity in terms of what Apple can exactly cram inside, we'll just have to wait and see. So if you don't care at all about the design and the current bead blasted aluminum unibody is perfectly fine for you, go ahead and get the M1 MacBook Pro now. But if you've been just aching, aching for that redesign and you want your MacBook Pro to look even more like an iPad Pro, then go ahead and wait on the M1X version rumored for later this year. The M1 MacBook Pro kept the same 13.4 inch retina, high density P2 wide gamut, LCD display as the previous generation Intel models. No better, but only because it was already one of the very best LCD laptop displays in the business. It's just a little tight if you're trying to do a lot of audio, video, or code editing strictly on that built-in display. The M1X MacBook Pro though, is rumored to be getting an even bigger, better, bezel blasting display, closer to 14 inches and possibly even mini LED, which uses local dimming zones for deeper blacks, brighter whites, better contrast, and something much closer to full-on HDR, high dynamic range. Maybe not as dynamic as OLED, but also not as problematic. And for those who want more of a portable workstation, a 16-inch M1X should be coming at around the same time. So if the current LCD display is more than good enough for you, then the current M1 MacBook Pro will be more than good enough for you too. But if you really do want something a little bigger and with a higher dynamic range so you can really get your HDR on, wait for the 14 inch M1X. Maybe even and especially if you want something a lot bigger, the 16 inch version. The M1 MacBook Pro is Apple's first generation of Apple Silicon based on the same IP and architecture as the A14 Bionic in the iPhone 12. It's an ultra low power system on a chip, but it's also got just about the best single core performance in the industry, especially with the active cooling system that lets it run full out for far longer than the M1 Air. Also, it's not just fast, it is super responsive. So much so it makes using the Mac feel like using an iPad, just absolutely instant. And it runs native apps better than ever before, and slug a bed holdover Intel apps, especially the ones that lean hard on graphics, surprisingly well as well. The up to 20 hours of battery life are beyond mind blowing. 
and it really makes the Pro the M1 Mac to beat right now. But it is that ultra low power option. And that means, yes, there will be a higher power option at some point as well. An M1X, whatever Apple ends up calling the chipset that adds even more performance and graphic cores for even better multi-core performance. Maybe even lets the single core run just a little bit faster as well. How many cores exactly remains the openest of questions, but rumors are pointing to anywhere from 12 to 16. So one and a half to double, either of which is going to really really shake things up. So if you want the best mobile processor on the market right now, and you want it right now, get the M1 MacBook Pro. But if you want even more multi-core to throw at your problems, then you'll want to wait on the even more multi-core M1X MacBook Pro. One of the absolute best characteristics of the M1 MacBook Pro is unified memory, a huge pool of eight gigabyte or 16 gigabytes slapped right onto the chipset and shared between CPU, GPU, neural engine, and image signal processor. Combined with all of the traditional memory compression and ultra-fast swap of the MacBook Pro, eight gigabytes is still eight gigabytes and 16 gigabytes is still 16 gigabytes, but they are the very best gigabytes, the optimized gigabytes they can be. But those eight gigabytes and 16 gigabytes are the only option for the current M1 MacBook Pro. An M1X MacBook Pro though will almost certainly take a page from the higher end Intel MacBook Pros and go all the way up to 32 gigabytes on the 14 inch, 64 gigabytes on the 16 inch, at least to start. Same with the storage capacity. Instead of being capped at two terabytes, they should mirror the Intel models and go to four terabytes and eight terabytes respectively, which just drool. So if you don't think you'll need more than 16 gigabytes or two terabytes for your MacBook Pro, by all means, go ahead and get the M1 now. But if you really, really want more, especially if you really, really want much, much more, you'll really, really want to wait on the M1X. One of the biggest compromises on the entry-level MacBook Pro since Apple introduced the model back in 2016 is that it only has two USB-C Thunderbolt 3 ports and they are both on your left, which makes it more than slightly annoying if the only power plug in range is decidedly on your right. It made the removal of MagSafe on this model in particular, particularly hard to swallow. And the M1 version has done nothing at all to address any of this. Simply by virtue of being the higher end MacBook Pro though, the M1X version should have four ports, two on each side. Rumor has it though, that it'll also be bringing back MagSafe for power and an SD card slot for media, something else that went missing back in 2016. Especially if those are in addition to, and not just instead of any of those USB-C ports, that'll make the next MacBook Pro even more pro again. So if two times USB-C Thunderbolt 3 is all you really need, or you're just happy to live that dongle and hub life, then go ahead and get the M1 MacBook Pro now. But if you're willing to wait four ports, maybe even MagSafe and SD could be yours on the M1X. The entry-level two-port M1 MacBook Pro starts at $1299, which really fits in with its more portable quasi-MacBook Air Pro origins. The current higher-end four-port 13-inch still Intel MacBook Pro starts at $17.99 and the 16-inch at $23.99. And Apple could absolutely hold the line on those prices for the M1X 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros respectively. Or they could bump them up slightly to pay down whatever new technologies like M1X and mini LED they end up including. 
We'll just have to wait and see. But if money really matters to you and you're okay with an entry-level MacBook Pro, you can just go ahead and get the M1 MacBook Pro available now. But if money and time are no object to you and you're just lusting after a higher-end Pro, then you're gonna wanna wait on the M1X Pro. And while you're waiting, check out this playlist where I preview all the Macs that are coming next. Just click on the playlist and I'll see you in the next video.